Start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back as we're watching them because we are two super fans and we are enjoying the Seinfeld. We're enjoying the Sunny Sunny Seinfeld. Uh, maybe I'm a little drunk. I don't know. Just being weird. <laughs> hey, well, we are recording on a Friday after you've got you have a whole yeah. week of work. So yeah, I don't I don't blame you, buddy. <laughs> so this episode we are going to discuss the apartment season two episode five. It aired on. April 4th, 1991. Corey, my man, give us the breakdown on what it's about. All right. The apartment. Jerry gets Elaine an apartment right above his own, but the implications of this make Jerry wish he never suggested it. George tests a theory that wearing a wedding band will make him more attractive to women. All right. Wonder what kind of shenanigans they're going to get into. (laughs) Spoiler Uh, alert. Shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah. All the shenanigans. All right. Uh, This episode starts with a comedy bit all about apartments. Yeah, it's apartments and Star Trek. Uh, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. like you said, the opening act, uh, he talks about how every time he paints his apartment, he feels the walls coming in on him, and and the apartment is actually physically getting smaller because he's not taking the old paint off and applying new paint on top of it. I was like, okay, I guess I've never lived in one apartment long enough to put multiple mm-hmm. coats of paint on it. Um, but I did like how it segued into the fact that like Star Trek uh, is like the ultimate male fantasy because all you're doing is hurtling through space in your living room with uh, giant comfy chairs and a giant screen TV basically. And uh, that's why all the, you know, all the aliens keep coming over to the, to the enterprise is because they just want to watch Klingon boxing. And uh, I, I thought it was a really good one. I really enjoyed this, this opening. I thought it was a really meh one. <laughs> so we're on different sides. I was like, eh, this is not doing it for me. Uh, the Star Trek bit in particular, actually, maybe both of it, but you know, that's all right. I don't think it, it uh, that doesn't pertain to the rest of the episode. Most of this one, I think, is a pretty solid ass episode. Yeah, I, it's definitely a solid one, and we'll get into our thoughts on that later, yep. but I did enjoy yep. this one a lot. Cool. All right, so we start at Jerry's apartment. Kramer has moosed up hair, and he looks ridiculous, and I really have no idea why they made this like a C storyline in here about him and his moose hair, but he looks just awful. Was with it. was moose a big thing like in ninety you know one or two? Was this like a big deal to have moose in your hair as a guy? I don't think so. I feel like that at that time you know you well no we weren't quite at like the the spiky gels that was later in the nineties. Yeah, I, I don't know, but they, they, know. maybe they just didn't have anything for Kramer to do, so they just did this. Yeah. Fuck it. Here's some moose. Yeah, I agree. It just seemed kind of strange. Um, Elaine invites Jerry to watch the New York Marathon from her friend's apartment. Uh, We meet the building superintendents on the next uh, scene, and we see that one of them is played by Glenn Shaddix, 
who you may recognize as Otho from Beetlejuice. I absolutely recognize him and it made me happy because you don't see him in too much stuff. But uh, I actually really liked that and I like him. He was fantastic in Beetlejuice, so it was nice to see him. He was the larger of the two superintendents. Yeah, I I thought that was him. Um, I actually, I don't know why, but uh, IMDb on my phone has not been working all day long. So I feel like I had to fly these two episodes blind. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I could could search for Seinfeld, but then you can't like... see anything deeper um so i was like is this the guy from beetlejuice but i assumed it was it had to have been otho and his character i really enjoyed him in this episode i i thoroughly enjoyed his character and his uh his friend i like their dynamic i wish we saw more of them later in the series yeah me too i actually kind of i assumed there were a couple i don't know why maybe 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 not but they are like the two superintendents and they this is the only episode that they're in i i wish we got more of them, but unfortunately we don't. I don't know why they didn't kind of keep down that angle as a kind of reoccurring every now and then. But I kind of wish we did because I do kind of like, you know, having that. There could have been some funky stuff of them having to deal with Kramer and some of his damn shenanigans, uh, you know, just in, in future episodes. But we don't get that. I 100% agree. I think they were a great pair of characters and you know up there is as good as any other that Seinfeld has produced so uh, I don't mm-hmm. know why we didn't see more of them maybe Otho was t- he's too big of an actor you know like maybe that was too much or I guess this was before Beetle no this was after Beetlejuice, no no, right? no this is 91 okay. Beetlejuice was like uh, 88 I yeah. think okay. or 87 okay. or something like that um but yeah no I wouldn't call him too big of an yeah. actor unless you're making a fat joke you asshole like, that's a <laughs> jerk of a con <laughs> well regardless regardless i think yeah, we can both agree that we, we, we both liked those characters yes yes uh all right we find out that uh, apparently the person living above jerry has died and her apartment is available at the insane rate of four hundred dollars a month like even in the early 90s that is ridiculously low yeah that was i mean that's worthy of just screaming and shouting. <laughs> so uh, he uh, comes back to the apartment and sees Elaine, and he's acting kind of all aloof about stuff. You know, he's just uh, kind of just play- toying with her a little bit, uh, and he ends up telling her about this apartment, and we get a good little back and forth about death. You know, they, I don't know. There's just like a they have their dynamic is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I love some of like the little bits of dark humor that they have in this show. Uh, that just it just makes me happy. I enjoy dark humor. I invo- enjoy any kind of like I don't know, crude, crass, dark, happy, sad, whatever. Any all humors I appreciate. And so when they kind of make fun of death, I think that's pretty good. I'm with you, and as this show essentially shaped my sense of humor, <laughs> seeing as how, mm-hmm. how yeah. young I was when I watched it, then yeah, I, I do as well enjoy all the dark humor that they sort of have, and like the sort of the devil-may-care attitude that Jerry always has. Um, did you notice when, when Elaine pushed him and said, get out, is this the first time that we get that ongoing reaction from Elaine? This was. He tells her the rent, and she is like, you know, freaked out and loves it so much. Yeah, this is the very first, get out, and she shoves him. Um, you know, which is awesome. Yeah, I couldn't remember if this if we'd seen it before, uh, you know, because obviously this is an ongoing thing for us. We've seen this so many times. It's hard to uh, associate or disassociate ourselves with these new viewings. But I was like, I think this is the first time seeing it. And in, it didn't it doesn't change forever. Like sh- her inflection <laughs> and everything. It's from the get go. This is Elaine's catchphrase. And 
I always think of this catchphrase for Elaine. I think of this reaction. It's always Elaine for me. And Mm -hmm. I'd seen it for the very first time. I was like, oh. And you can feel the electricity. You can be like, oh, yeah, they knew that they had something here for her. Yeah. Now, I find that whole, this catchphrase and pairing it with this act of violence of shoving someone back (laughs) very violently, uh, it's it's just a, it works well for Elaine. It kind of is a good little juxtaposition because she's such a, I don't know, uh, humanitarian at other times, but you know when she gets super excited, she yells and she pushes you. You know she she's violent. And it also also ties into the fact that you know the boys, these three guys are like you know when they need to be there, they are legitimately scared of Elaine because they know that she she would fucking destroy them if she was legitimately pissed at them. She is the most aggressive physically of the, of the four of them and she's the woman yes. which which is great which is she's just a little firecracker and I mean I love her. I I love her. I love Elaine and I I love her anger. I I do. I I have an affinity for characters that are angry. My favorite turtle is Raphael. So, you know, <laughs> I just I love her outbursts. I think they're fantastic. Yep. So as she's getting more excited about the apartment in general, we kind of are have tight on Jerry's face and he's getting more and more of, oh, fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> we get that on his. He's coming to the realization what he just did. And then we get a comedy bit. Yeah, this one was okay. It was basically uh, Jerry talking about how much easier life would be if, like, you had a director and it was like the movies. And if you messed up your line and said something stupid, like, I liked his, his, uh, what he said here. He goes, uh, gee, you look pregnant, are you? <laughs> yeah. A, having the doc, uh, a director come in and be like, all right, cut, let's reshoot that scene, think before you talk. And again, it's, it ties right but up right into the end of the scene prior, whereas Jerry, you know, you can, this is almost like an insight into what we were seeing on his face, uh, which is mm-hmm. like, uh-oh, why did I open my mouth and get myself into this position? So it's it's great. It's a great place to put that bit, and it's 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 it goes well with, with the, what they were doing. It does. Uh, Jerry tells George about the sit- situation outside of Monk's, uh, we get a fantastic back back and forth between them of, and we get a, just a fantastic line uh, where you know Jerry's like, you know, no one's a bigger idiot than me, and you know, did you ever get your girlfriend in an apartment in your building? And George is like, you know, you ever go to a single week singles weekend in the Poconos? And I'm just like, that right there just kind of makes me step back and chuckle and i'm just like wait a minute what the fuck what is the story of this singles weekend in the poconos because you know there's something funny behind it like i want to fucking know what the hell that was about something funny and something oh so awkward knowing george i'm sure yeah dude that scene i I noted that i was like this scene this this character interaction this dialogue is spectacular i'll say it at the end but i'll say it here this episode's firing on all cylinders as far as writing Mm -hmm. goes and honestly my favorite little part of this scene is when george is like i can't go back in there like i just came out of there and then this lady's (laughs) looking at him and he looks at her and he's like and i love the moment that he has with this lady in between the glass you know he's yeah. just like it's not me it's it's he's trying to he's trying to explain to her like yeah. like why why does george cares so much about what other people think of him it's just fucking ridiculous just shut up and go back in man no one gives a fuck no one gives a fuck man <laughs> no but it's very oh my god it's very larry, larry david i mean if you watch curb your enthusiasm it's just it's so blatantly obvious that they are the same person 
George and Larry. They take all of Larry David's neuroses and just put them right into George. I, has he ever talked about how therapeutic, like maybe writing that character was? Like, does it did it help him see mm-hmm. his own problems? I don't know. Not not that I've seen, but I bet it was. I bet it was for him. <laughs> it had it has to be. <laughs> yeah. So they go into monks uh, to talk a bit more. They're trying to figure out, you know how to get the hell out of this situation. Uh, they end up seeing a lady with a baby and, you know, George gives us a quick line of, you know, how, how he wants to have a kid. Uh, and then that gets them talking to uh, about a cousin of his who mentioned a wedding ring uh, and that wearing a wedding ring has helped him get women, you know, that they're flocking all over him kind of thing. Yeah. So it's an interesting transition, but that's kind of how we got to the beeline of this uh, story, which is George with the, with the wedding, wedding ring uh, testing. And we get a nice little exchange about uh, at the end of the scene about the sensors, like in your head, like how can they, mm. like, I, I forgot what Jerry said to sort of lead up to it, but then I love George's response about his, you know, internal sensor. He goes, my sensor quit two years ago, checked himself into a clinic, emotionally exhausted. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it sounds about right for George. Yeah. So he goes to Kramer uh, and he borrows a wedding ring from his uh, Kramer's, I think it was his his mom's ring or dad's ring or something. Uh, so, uh, or it must have been his dad's ring. Uh, but he borrows that. And Kramer gives George a fantastic line uh, where, you know, he's like, no, man, you don't need to wear a wedding ring. That's not going to help you. You know, you should go get plugs because Mr. <laughs> fucking Kramer or uh, George is just balding as hell. Yeah. And I like that idea. And which to me kind of like, you know, it's a bit of a throw, not pl- not to him getting a plugs, but he does get, a toupee later down the line and have like ultra confidence in that episode, which just kind of made me think of that. And I liked it. And the poking at the baldness actually comes back in the next scene when George makes a a comment about his baldness and, and God's divine plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jerry next sees the superintendents, uh, you know, they have now told him that someone is offering $5,000 for the apartment. And if Elaine can get the money, you know, then she can, get the apartment so jerry's really happy because like oh shit you know elaine's she she doesn't have that kind of money uh you know it's it's he's he's a little bit free and clear well can i ask you something real quick one thing i didn't quite understand Mm -hmm. was this like just the deposit so like was she gonna put down 400 and then it was gonna be the normal rate for the rest of the time or was she always paying gonna pay 400 every month and then if that's the case was she going to have to pay 5000 every month then? And then how would that work? Would she have to borrow money every month from Jerry? What's what? I didn't quite get that whole exchange. That, my interpretation, because, yeah, I've never had an apartment be like this. But my interpretation is that they're going to have to pay the 400 a month. And then this person is doing like a $5,000, um, you know, down payment as well for the apartment on top of it. That's my that's my that's my. So thought. if she paid five thousand, then she would still just pay four hundred for the for moving forward. Okay, so that apartment is just four hundred. Yes, I think so. Okay, got it. That's oh my god. That, that's how I took it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's that does make more sense. Uh, so Elaine is coming up, and she's. And I always like. I can't even remember what what movie she does it from, but she does the whole good morning, good morning. Like she's all crazy excited and super happy. Cause she's got her, you know, $800 that she's going to do her first and last uh, months of the rent. 
Um, and you know she's she's already. Uh, but, and... but real quick, sorry, I think um, mm-hmm. I, I think I diverted you a little bit. But uh, George and Jerry were talking about how he's going to explain it, and George is like, "No, no, you know, he, he acts all strong." The instant she walks in and she's so happy, he's like, "I got to go in the other room. <laughs> he can't. He just can't deal with it. He can't see her getting crushed because none of them can deal with like f- most of the time can deal with like upfront confrontation, especially George. George has a harder time than Jerry with dealing with like face to face confrontation yeah yeah exactly uh so jerry does tell her and of course she's upset and as she's upset kramer comes in who kramer in his dumb ass kramerousness uh tells her that jerry can loan you the money and she's a little bit hesitant uh but kramer kind of insists and insists and she's like, all right, now fuck it. You know what? Let me go take a look at the apartment again. So she runs up and Jerry like immediately jumps on Kramer and just, we kind of get like that, you know, anytime Jerry is angry, you, you've mentioned it before. He gets very high pitched in his yelling. It's my favorite version of Jerry when he gets high pitched and yelling. <laughs> yeah. One of the better comebacks that Kramer says at this point, uh, he's like, well, what did you loan her the $5,000 for? Like, <laughs> which is obviously him pushing it, not Jerry, but just the way Kramer does it and being so, I don't know, aloof and just kind of doofusy about everything is very Kramer. It's yeah, it's never his fault. It's Kramer yeah. never takes the blame for it. And I I don't remember if Jerry said it before or after, but I did like Jerry's line. He said, "People don't turn down money. It's what separates us from the animals." Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, speaking of like not being human, we get a little spot here where he calls Kramer like a pod person uh, and, you know, being kind of like a, a non-human kind of guy, yes. which, which I, always, I always thought was kind of strange because they don't really go back to the, they do. Uh, there's a comeback to it later in this episode, but it's not something that like we get you know further on in the in the series. No, it was an interesting exchange. Um, I I actually kind of liked it, although Kramer looked a little saddened by it. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. just like Jerry totally just put him in his place. But but then I liked how Kramer owned it later. I liked mm-hmm. I, you know yes. we'll come to it later. But I liked how basically Kramer owned it and uh, yeah that was it was a weird exchange i was a little because it i guess it felt a little bit more brutal no no it felt a little bit more cruel than we're used to jerry yeah. being because uh, most of the time jerry's a pretty smooth dude and in the fact that things sort of just roll off his, his back and he doesn't get as affected by things but i guess this one it was kind of a big one that kramer kind of fucked him over with yeah, more so than like his jackets earlier you know earlier in this yeah. season uh it seems like jerry gets less annoyed or ticked off by money problems as he does by social problems um but yeah i i I liked in i liked it for the fact that the joke comes back later and it's a good punchline to what kramer says later the only reason i mentioned george earlier is he finally comes out of the the bedroom you know because elaine's already Mm -hmm. gone but i'm like i totally forgot that he was there and uh, you know i was like why didn't he come out earlier he just he comes out after yeah. yeah and i was just like oh yeah you you were in the bedroom the whole time what were you doing exactly <laughs> it's just being strange but yeah uh we kind of gloss over but elaine does come down and she says she'll take it and so yeah everybody's everybody's excited and or she's excited you know she's gonna get this apartment uh we cut to elaine's friend's place that they are there to watch the new york marathon uh and we get some funny scenes kind of quick little back and forth scenes of uh, Jerry having to deal with small talk with these different friends, lots of different people at the party. And George is off trying to hit on women with his uh, wedding ring, his fake wedding ring. 
And honestly, it's it's working. He's cleaning. He's up. not trying. He is hitting. Yes. Well, he's not cleaning up because he George's it. Um, and you know they are they are all over him. But he is just he doesn't know what the hell to do. And uh, it's it's you know he doesn't know how to say oh no we are in a polyamorous relationship. Uh, we, you know we have an open rela- open marriage. Just fucking say that, George. It's not that goddamn hard. <laughs> I'm glad your wife. I'm glad your wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> she does listen to this. How easily you came across this. I'm just, I'm just saying it's not. It's it's. it's I know. I it's know. Just open open marriages are a thing, and you could and he could have you know had that or he I don't know. It was just an idiotic. He, you know there they were. It's just George being stupid, which of course he has to be stupid. You know, um, and th- he cannot win in this situation. You know no. that would be that would be very un-George. Yeah, no, George <laughs> George can almost never win, and it's and it's weird yeah. when he does win. Uh, but good job for the producers or the casting director or whomever to throw in the you know different racial uh, uh, women mm-hmm. for for George to talk to. So it wasn't all just like white women, basically. And I was like, no, oh, I mean it's working. It's working on everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, good job. But you know, I mean, early nineties sitcom you know they could have easily thrown in just a bunch of white people and i was like yeah props to them for, for which that. it is it is not like this just so my wife knows who is listening to this podcast uh you know i've been married for over three years now and i have not had women just fly you know just throwing themselves at me of oh my god you have a wedding ring i want to be i want to be on your penis right now like that doesn't happen that's just it's a myth <laughs> yeah i i do i do agree that is a myth i have not had that kind of reaction <laughs> either so yeah, because you know what? I was about to say, maybe it's because we're uggos, but no, we are both better looking than George Costanza. That's for damn sure. Oh, absolutely. Abso-fucking-lutely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just it's just a myth out there, and yeah, don't don't believe it, people. <laughs> um, at one point, Jerry almost has an out. Elaine is like, you know, hey, you know, if you don't want to do this, let's not do this. Um, and so he almost has it, but then, uh, you know, it, it doesn't end up coming to fruition. He kind of... He doesn't jump on it, pounce on it like he should. Uh, and George does have a fantastic interaction with this woman, um, you know, who brings up that she can do physical relationships for years and years. And that was probably the funniest one of those interactions with the women um, where it's just like, oh, my God, exactly what he wanted is just, you know, sexual relationship. And he uh, he just he can't close the deal. No. Fucking George. Just like with uh, Marissa Tomei, uh, Seasons Down the Road. Yes. Coming back to the discussion that George and Jerry had in front of Monks about, you know, Jerry saying that he was an idiot. Uh, you know, he again here he brings up to George, you know, oh, this is not or George says, you know, this is an idiot. You know, I threw away uh, sex and floor seats to everything at Madison Square Gardens uh, for I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots, yep. uh, which fantastic, um, you know, and then we get. In a very, you know, just fantastic Seinfeld, you get a great line, and then something hilarious happens where this lady is (laughs) jumping up and down, you're all winners! (laughs) And then Jerry comes back, but suddenly a new contender has emerged on who's the biggest idiot, which, oh my god, which is just... It's perfection. You know, you get a great line and then something else happens and then you add to it and that, that just is very Seinfeld to me. And I love... Particularly that line and that extension of it is really good. Yeah, that is a line that people still quote and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the the whole Costanza Lord of the Idiots. Um, that's fantastic, and I love the fact that you know when it was at Monks, it was you know Jerry starting it like I'm the idiot, and then George, George's like no I'm the idiot, and then at the this mm-hmm. at the party it's George George is starting it, Jerry finishes it, but then you but then you throw the third party in to uh, to make it even better. And I mean, my God, I assume that they teach writing like this at like you know Comedy 101. Cause, I mean, not that it's it's base or anything, but it's it's perfect. It's a perfect example of how to do perfect comedy just absolutely amazing i love this episode this is one of the many reasons why i love this episode is this is this ongoing string right here and then you also see in the scene it starts off with uh, not starts off but it ends with george trying to get the ring off and he can't and then later when he's talking to jerry on the phone there's even a callback to that as well it's just Mm -hmm. everything if you this episode feels like its own movie where everything is just in it everything you need to know right here is just it's in it jokes don't kind of go outside of this episode it but it's a jammed pack episode full of jokes and and just awesome character moments yeah uh, so we cut back to Jerry's apartment. He's on the phone with George, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, it's just funny talking about George from, you know, context that we've seen before. He can't get the ring off. It's just fucking hilarious. Jerry's like, just use soap or, you know, axle grease or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kramer walks in and, you know, he's being all happy towards Jerry. And he lets him know that he found a guy who will pay $10,000 for the apartment, which Elaine will never borrow. She doesn't have that kind of money. Uh, and we get that callback line that he says, he says, occasionally I like to help the humans. So yeah, he's throwing back to being a, a pod person in that conversation. And it's also a throwback to what Jerry said about him also helping people. He's like someone that likes to help people. It's, it's fantastic, but yeah, I like it better because it, he references the pod people. But did you notice that he walks in there and cuts his fingernails in Jerry's kitchen? That's what Kramer's <laughs> doing when he's walking in. He's cutting his fingernails, clipping his fingernails in Jerry's kitchen. I'm like, Oh my God, it's this episode. Everything, every part of this episode is layered with something. Yeah, it's a solid episode. Uh, you know, we then get a, a you know, well, uh, kind of almost a flash forward. Well, no, hold transition. on. Uh, sorry. I'm okay. Sorry. Oh, 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 no, fine. No, 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 no. But then, but then. Tell when, me, bro. But when Kramer tells Jerry this, Jerry does the get out and pushes Kramer. So, mm. you know, as a callback to, to Lane's mm-hmm. get out. Gotcha. That you, you're, you're not as excited about that as I am. <laughs> no, because that's not Jerry's thing. I don't really give a fuck about Jerry calling back the get out. I mean, maybe they just, they, that was originally writing. They decided to make that Elaine's thing. Uh, but you're right. I do remember that. I wasn't as excited about that one <laughs> as much as you were. <laughs> um, uh, we do get, then get a transition to a little bit in the, just in the future uh, where a loud band is playing in the apartment above Jerry, the guy who could afford it. Um, and Kramer comes in and he loves the song. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, you know, Elaine was like, man, I, I wouldn't be making any sound. Um, question for you. Uh, actually, in, actually let's, let's, let's finish off the episode first. Um, tell us a little bit about the, we end on a comedy bit. Yeah. Not a very good one. It's basically just about like, you know, how much Jerry doesn't want to tell his neighbors to shush or, or be quiet. He's like, you know, what am I, Fred Mertz, which is that's a, a I Love Lucy reference, uh, the next door mm. neighbor, um, which, you know, again, we get a lot of these old school references. And then now that the show is a lot older, the references Jerry and George talk about when they're younger are even <laughs> even older <laughs> or even further back. So it's a little crazy. But uh, and then he starts talking about kind of segues into like shushing 
at the theaters and you know oh if everyone's shushing and then the one person that you know doesn't isn't shushing is the unshushable and i'm like and that was it i was like okay that, yeah you're right I, I didn't care for that yeah I, and i know you you didn't love the the star trek part but i mean that it started a lot stronger than it ended as far as the stand-up bits go for this episode uh all right my question that i want to pose to you is would you want your ex-girlfriend slash close friend to live above you like if you could help her out and, and found an apartment in your building would you do that yeah see that's a weird question because in theory jerry and elaine are should be pretty platonic so and they and moving mm-hmm. forward they don't seem to really have that much of a problem uh with anything so i i feel like that this was a little bit artificially uh you know um fabricated uh, as far as like mm-hmm. their their drama about it goes but if 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 it was like Elaine, I wouldn't care. But if it was an ex-girlfriend, then, yeah, I would care. And I, I don't keep touch with any of my ex-girlfriends. So, you know, yes. So, and, But Elaine, you got to ask yourself what she is in this situation. Um, I wouldn't care. But if she was just an ex-girlfriend, then I would care. But Elaine's not just an ex-girlfriend. So. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm with, I, think, I think his uh, mentality in this situation was a bit off. You know, he he is close friends with her, and he they've got they've had that discussion of just being platonic, um, in you know early season one, and so I do find that strange, that you know yeah as you said it, it was fabricated. It just seemed a little fake for him to be so upset about it because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would really actually give a shit about this unless you know it was his a- an actual girlfriend who they didn't they they didn't have such a unique relationship that him and Elaine have so. Um, you know, that that was fighting against it. But, you know, I, I would uh, if I had a friend like that and even ex-girlfriend, I probably would say, yes, you could live. It. But I'm with you. Every other like ex-girlfriend that I don't talk to anyway, I don't I don't want to see them ever again. <laughs> well, I mean, also, you think about the, the punchline with, you know, the band living up there and everything. Uh, it just proves the point. You know, uh, it's better. It's better the devil, you know, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like at least yeah. at least you would know Elaine, you know, so true. Uh, I, I'm surprised, you know, one real quick thing, side note, I'm surprised Jerry was not freaked out that there was a dead lady above him for, you know, a little bit of time <laughs> at least. I feel like that's something that Jerry would later be freaked out by. Yeah, they do. I mean, they tie in a lot more of his, like, germophobia kind of stuff and just kind of all of that later. So maybe they just haven't kind of put that into his character yet. Yeah, they haven't leaned hard into it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure we all know what I think about this episode, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll talk more about it. But what do you think, buddy? How did you like, feel about this episode? I definitely like this episode. I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Uh, there are definitely some solid moments, especially with like the first get out and some of the, the very good writing between uh, George and Jerry, I think in particular. I liked their idiot conversation. I do wish, as I brought up before, I do wish we got more of those superintendents. You know, I, I did like those characters, and I don't understand why they didn't kind of come back to them uh, later down the road, but I don't know. But, yeah, it was a solid episode. I mean, this was better than better than most of the ones we've seen, um, but I know it's not, you know, this is not like a top, I don't know, it's maybe not even a top 25 or top 30 or 40 for me because I know we've got some really, really good ones coming down the line that I know I appreciate more. But, yeah, this one this one was one of the better ones that we've seen so far. Yeah, I I, I loved it, man. Um, I went into this episode, you know, like every episode, assuming that I've seen it a million times. And weirdly, I don't really remember this episode all that well. 
I don't know if like, you know, during the, the syndication roulette, you know, we played as kids, you know, on TV, I, I got to see it that often. Um, I don't know why I don't know this episode that well. So I'm watching, and I'm like, I really don't remember this. And man, was I just blown away by this one. And I'd, maybe I was watching it a little bit more intently than usual because I don't really remember it. I, I don't know, but I loved it, man. I honed in on a lot of stuff that I really dug about it. And I'm with you. I wish we saw the superintendents more. Um, I think they were great characters. Uh, both the actors were fantastic. I liked their rapport. Uh, hell, they could honestly have an, their own show themselves. I almost wonder if they had the idea yeah. of putting them in as a, as a backdoor pilot type of thing. But they were strong enough to have their own show, and that would be that's honestly the the best compliment I can give a side character. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I do, uh, I, I do feel this was one of the best season, one of the best episodes we've seen uh, this season for sure. Even season one, mm-hmm. um, I was thoroughly tickled by it, and it's definitely like higher <laughs> than average for me. Were you, were you tickled? You know, tickle, tickle, oh, don't tickle, oh, tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, solid episode. All right, Corey. That comes to the conclusion of the apartment. Can you tell us where people can find you on the webs? Yes, sir. You can follow me on Instagram. It's where I'm most active at Corey Nation. Uh, and then you can also hear me on a couple podcasts. I have a weekly video game podcast with my buddy Noah uh, and that's called NSFW Gamer. And I'm also launching a, um, a cult horror movie podcast that will be on this network. Uh, it's, it will be on the Blast from Our Past network. And uh, you'll have more information on that coming soon. But I'm mentioning it now because it should be launching around the time that we do this episode. So uh, maybe next episode well, I'll drop the name. But uh, just a little little surprise. Ooh. You, ooh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. I'm out there. Oh, I'm out right. there. <laughs> All right. And I am Adam of the Blast From Our Past podcast that I do with my brother, Corey, sometimes special guest host for us. And, uh, you know, we do all things nostalgia uh and that's pretty much where you can find me and don't look for me elsewhere because i'm not gonna friend you deal with it (laughs) and please 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 rate and review us on itunes or give us a follow on spotify and uh you can you know if you share us with uh with your friends that'd be awesome and we're also on patreon you can uh donate just a little bit a month and you can uh help keep the lights on we do have some special exclusive episodes coming soon that we're uh, we're working on so be be checking back for that for our patron patrons uh patron only and uh yeah man it's uh this is fun i love it i love every time we record it's honestly it's one of my favorite favorite times of the of the week is us talking about seinfeld me too man all right everybody we will talk to y'all next episode where we discuss the statue giddy up mm-hmm.